Hello and welcome to another episode of Acts of the Blood God, your weekly podcast for all things RPGs. Cat's still out sailing the high seas, so once again, Eric Van Allen here to, to captain the boat in her absence, joined by Nadia Oxford. Nadia, how you doing? Uh, it's been a serious kind of somber week, but uh, hanging in there as as always. Mm-hmm. That's all you can really do mm-hmm. in this day and age. Jesse Vitelli is joining us this week of Prima Games. Jesse, how are you feeling? I'm doing all right. You know, kind of similar to Nadia. You know, just kind mm-hmm. of pushing through. It's, it's been a it's been a long week. Yeah, week. yeah. I, I think I speak for everyone when. It's been a tough week and uh, we don't need to talk about why on the podcast, but, you know, um, our hearts go out and more importantly, our actions go out because I think at this point, thoughts and prayers only get you so far. So my encouragement to everyone out there is to get involved uh, at your local level, make calls, make donations, help out, Um, because speaking as a Texan, I'm getting real fed up with the phrase thoughts and prayers. (laughs) So, um, yeah get get out there and and make change and and let this let this be what pushes you um if nothing else so uh on that note as always we are a an rpg podcast a little bit of housekeeping you know if you want to keep up with us every week be sure you check out twitter.com slash bloodgodpod where we are always updating we have a website bloodgodpod.com where you can see all of our content and blog posts and things like the top 25 RPG listicle that we wrote. And I think we're planning on doing more too. I keep toying with the idea of doing some blogs on there. Uh, I think Nadia is too, if I'm not mistaken, we, we kind of want to get some writing on there at some point. So that is a, that is like number six on our list of things to do (laughs) this year, but it is on the list. (laughs) We have acknowledged it. It is on the list. Uh, Whether or not I get past number three before the year is out on my list. Exactly. uh, I I can't say for sure, but my blogging muscles have gotten a bit rusty. So I'm always up for just stretch. You want to, you want to get those muscles moving again. Yeah. I mean, it's important. I have to say when I was with us gamer or you weren't really able to do so much like line of thought writing, you know, just put it like the whole list is just, my line of thought writing, like which is mm-hmm. probably my favorite kind, where you just write down mm-hmm. wherever, and it's just kind of coming to your head, and you put it down on paper immediately. It's uh, you can't do that in in like kind of professional writing because you'll get in trouble, but you can do it when you're writing for yourself. And I think you know the the blogs will let me do that. Absolutely, I've been uh my my latest fixation is Chainsaw Man. Uh, I have become <laughs> completely obsessed with that manga and. Uh, very relevant manga in this day and age, I would say. Uh, surprisingly so. It has a lot to say about uh, state and violence and and the people who, who suffer the most from it. So the cyber games thoughtful. are to blame, Eric. Always the cyber games. The cyber games. <laughs> they're, they're, they're playing the cyber games. Even the group cyber the games. group cyber games. This, this the worst society, ones. No, no end to its depravity. <laughs> That's where the degenerates hang out. I mean, that's accurate. <laughs> I mean, Final Fantasy XIV. That's 14. not wrong. <laughs> it's true. He's, he's got me there. Yeah. I've I've seen things in fourteen. Let me tell you. Um, we also have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/bloodgodpod, where you can go and support us. Uh, we have various different ter- tiers. I almost said hers. <laughs> we have various <laughs> various different hers. It's terrible uh, where you can uh, support us at different levels and that'll get you into different things, including the Pantheon vote, 
which has started this morning, this afternoon. We got the Pantheon vote kicked off for our next Pantheon game because we are, as of this recording, uh, doing our Pantheon episode very soon for Final Fantasy X. Uh, we are. That's yeah. very exciting. We've got our guests lined up. It's a really good lineup. I'm very I'm excited. excited about that because uh, I'm not going to be able to finish 10 in time, but I played a lot of it. So I think I have certainly mm-hmm. enough to say. I'm. We'll talk about this when we get to what you're playing, but I am very interested to hear what section of 10 you're at, because I do hopefully want you to get to one part of this game before we talk uh, when we record. So good, good. I might push uh, I'll, you I'll to that. get there uh, and give you the hot tips to get there if you need it. Fair. Sure, um, for sure. But our current vote for the Pantheon is the new kids on the block for the top 25. We picked out four games of the, I believe, six or seven that were brand new to the top 25 for this list. Uh, And some of them were precluded because they'd already been in previous votes for Pantheon, like uh, (laughs) like uh, Disco Elysium. Kal-El in the chat is asking, how much money do I need to contribute per alternate Patreon account to get a vote? (laughs) Um, Look, you game the system however you want. If you don't get caught, you know, you don't get caught. (laughs) It's all money in our pockets. I don't care. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it is between Dragon Quest Eleven, Final Fantasy Four, Undertale, and Divinity Original Sin Two for newcomers to the list. Uh, and right it's now, at, as of this recording, I believe Dragon Quest is still in the lead, very narrowly over Final Fantasy Four. So whoever uh, loses, whoever wins, I win. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean really nadia wins is the end goal of this we've we really this is, got long con here this is the pantheon nadia wins yeah um i was surprised i thought undertale would have left out right to a lead and maybe there is still a chance that the the undertale sickos roll through but uh yeah it was interesting but we we are uh awaiting votes by the time this podcast is live we will actually uh have the t- have the votes tallied and then have the decision live uh and i believe that day is when we're recording the pantheon so it's all coming to a head on that it's all coming together yeah. yeah um and and if you if you back us at the top level if you become a star of destiny you get to hang out listen to us record the weekly episode every week and uh right now in the chat we've got teeps we've got beware the slimes we got brian c nerd we got ej we got Kal-El, Spyrus, Stromgar, Total Count Zero, Zoo Batman, all y'all hanging out in the Stars of Destiny. Thank you so much for stopping by. We do love having the live audience as uh, we make the sausage <laughs> before. As we make the sausage. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or in our case, tell weird stories about church camp. <laughs> I never went to church camp for obvious reasons. <laughs> do you tell not? No, I'm <laughs> I did go to a Jewish uh, youth group for like a day. Okay, okay. Were were there people at the Jewish youth group who tried to show off by picking up more chairs than everybody else when it was time <laughs> I was to about clean up? To ask that. <laughs> no. The thing about us is we don't give a shit. Like we're a bunch of degenerates okay. and we know it. Uh when I was a kid though in synagogue, like there was an empty room that was full of chairs and we played bumper chairs with it. Like every, you have one person mm-hmm. on the chair, one person po- like pushing behind, smash the chairs into each other until one of the elders comes in and tells you like Go to the junior minion, which is like a prayer group, which no one ever did. They all disappeared and would go hide in the bathroom. So uh, oh, okay. synagogue yeah. was great. <laughs> it, it it was almost a rite of passage in in youth groups. And I feel like so uh Spyrus in chat says the same thing about band. That was also a place where we saw that where 
you know, it would be everybody go pick up chairs, put them away time. And you would try to be the person who picked up the most chairs because, you know, you'd look really cool picking all the chairs up, looking like a, a strong guy. So I not think there's more three chairs on each arm. Yeah, you could do. Oh, I, I got chair. eight one time and I felt like freaking the Wait, Hulk. eight, eight on eight one. Side? No, not eight on one. What do you have? Four on each. Come on. Come oh, on. I was like, whoa. That's still we're, pretty good. That's more than I can We still work efficiently. We still work if it. Well, that's the thing is it was never efficient to do that because then you get to the thing where you have to put the chairs on and now you're just struggling because you got all these chairs and everybody's waiting behind you like, oh, God, you picked up like 10 chairs again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this show off again. <laughs> Not oh, again. God. How's he carrying 12 chairs? I can't believe Eric would carry 14 chairs like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk about what we're playing. And and Nadia, let's start with you. I want to hear about your Final Fantasy X journey. Well, before I start on that, uh, I will say I finished Aiden Chronicles Rising, which is the oh, side game did. for Aiden Chronicles. Ooh. I really, really liked it. Uh, when I first started, I was like, uh, this is a bit slow. I'm not sure about this. But the more I played, the more I liked it. It was kind of like me and um, the new Actraiser from, I don't know if it was mm. last year, a couple of years ago. But it was a little bit like that. And it's just a very, the, the thing that's very encouraging about it is, yeah, it has kind of like it's boring side quests but the combat's really good and i think what's really important is that the characters and the the setting is really really charming and that's important considering this is what the rpg itself is based on so if there are some weak quests at the uh, at the like you know fringes of this game i can deal with that especially since it has you know despite the quests it has good design like you can fast travel pretty much anywhere in this game mm-hmm. like okay mm-hmm. yeah you have boring quests Big deal. You can go to the, this place in a second and get it finished and then go on to the next like combat part of the game. So that doesn't bother me at all. So I really, really enjoyed it. Looking forward to what comes next for the um, RPG itself. Like I said, I think it's going to be really good and really charming. This is obviously a team that knows what it's doing. That's what it comes down to. So hooray. As for Final Fantasy X, uh, <laughs> I met Seymour, who talks like this. <laughs> and I, I actually just finished the far plane bit so i came off the far plane okay that okay. made me say I was like, on you Twitter, just met seymour that was like i thought that was in the luca part but no okay so no you're, no it's a little bit later you're you're at the far plane so you're like doing guado salam stuff right now yeah the guado are a bunch of talk about the most passive aggressive rpg race i've ever like talked to holy crap like i mm-hmm. talked to one of them and they're like you probably think we all look the same no, I think you all look like a bunch of weird tree people, but you all look different to me. Uh, thanks <laughs> but different for tree people. <laughs> just assuming the worst of me right right off the bat. Thank you so much. But yeah, Seymour, I'm thinking, and it's like, Seymour is so interesting to me because you think of the Final Fantasy villains that everyone like mm-hmm, has a mm-hmm. boner for. Seymour is somewhere at the bottom of the list. I don't see, like I went, the Limitus oh, Test is oh, always going whoa. to... Um, you meant literal. You meant like not like I think this is a good villain. You mean like he's not attractive in any way. Not even that. Or do, or like, do you mean like he's not a good villain? He's just nobody pays attention to him. It, it's mm. like I said. You go to like Ao3, and that's always the limitus test. Who has the most fan fictions based on them? He doesn't yes. have a whole lot. He just seems to be like I uh, when I got to him and I saw him like oh yeah he's a, I know he's probably not the main villain but I'm like he's a major villain that. It just completely gets buried under like Sephiroth and Kefka and Emmett Selk. Just mm-hmm. I don't like. I want to see that list again that Japan did, listing everyone's favorite um, villain from Final Fantasy the series. And I think he's got to be somewhere near the bottom because I just I kind of like him. I actually don't hate him. I think he's mm-hmm. 
like I said, he talks like this, and I like characters who talk like this. They're very calming. I think you will see the part you're at is actually the part that I think is maybe one of the best parts of Final Fantasy X. Once you get deeper into the um, Guado Salam stuff, uh, it, it's where Yuna kind of gets a few moments to shine in some really interesting ways uh, that I really liked. So I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to you playing that. And definitely you got a ways to go. I want you to at least get to home. That is the important part of this okay. game. That's a ways yeah. down the road. So I have to say, um, I, I will get there. It's like gameplay wise, this game is a hallway simulator and mm-hmm. like we're all bashing on yeah. 13. No, this is, well, it's, this is where it all came from. It is a pilgrimage. You are, you are literally, I, I like not to spoil Pantheon talk, but there's something that I like about 10, which is the idea that, this world has been raised down and built back up so many times that the only thing that persists is this like literal path that leads Mm. summoners to the end. And I think that's cool conceptually and becomes more cool. The further in you get, I will say without spoiling anything. Um, But Seymour, I'm not surprised there's not a lot of AO3 love for him because (laughs) All the other villains you listed have at least some level of redeeming to them, mm, especially right. Emmett Selk. I think Sephiroth, you could make an argument for. I think Kefka, probably more a case of like. He's just so batshit crazy. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's Im- he, You can't forget him. Seymour is supposed to be just loathsome. Like you just mm. hate everything about this dude. And I think that's why he's a good villain is that it's he funny, represents though, what is vile about the world i don't have enough to hate him with i'm sure i will but oh just the, yeah. the sequence <laughs> where i'm in the town and he's like let's have an arranged marriage and of course he just like bah! because he's like how could anyone not <laughs> marry for love and yuna not yuna um lulu's like my brother in christ have you never heard of, of arranged political marriages i don't know how to explain to you these are a thing yes uh I will say they go interesting places with that. Um, yeah. It's well, I have to admit, you've, you've got I some ahead. places to go. I looked okay. ahead okay. about Seymour a little bit, and I'm just going to say it's really interesting to play 10 now because I can finally fit in those Final Fantasy 14 references and say, okay, this, 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 and this. That's mm-hmm. really cool. And I'm so eager for you to play Endwalker because there is just, <laughs> is I'm not going to say anything. Is there a lot of 10 in Something I, very specific know, that I'm not going to say. There's, some, there's one, some good stuff in 14 from, from 10. I know yeah. that one like major thing that you've already seen in Luca appears in 10. Like I know yeah. that that happens because that was like a new story at the time. And I just mm-hmm. saw it in passing. I was not even like a 14 player yet. So I saw that go by and I was like, oh, huh, that they put that in the game. That's probably pretty neat. And now I'm I'm sitting here like, how did they even... How yeah. did they get there with that? But also, what a pick. What a pick. Yeah. I can't wait it, to though. see it. This is Endwalker. So oh, I know. I, I, I know. I'm not going to say anything more than that. So to yeah. continue my pilgrimage, you're right. I actually like the idea of it being a straightforward path because it is a pilgrimage mm-hmm. and sin has wiped out the world several times over. It's kind of dark, really. Mm-hmm. I can deal with that, especially since I think the battle system is still a lot of fun. I think oh, switching so in characters on the fly is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Why is it mm-hmm. not in every Final mm-hmm. Fantasy game? I love that so much. And keeping your turn when you do it. And keeping like, your turn. That's the big I thing. I really wish more games did that because I feel like that is not an extreme concession to make. And right. it feels really good. Like, I think we were talking last week 
about how that makes it feel like you have a party that you are fighting with rather than just um, a few idiots kind of tagging in and out. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Especially since like, uh, especially the low later I get into the game, I see enemy encounters are very mixed according to, to mm-hmm. the character's mm-hmm. abilities. And since you can switch on the fly, it's really no hassle to do that. And everyone gets mm-hmm. a little bit of experience for, for participating and mm-hmm. it, it's all good. So I like that. And the story of Final Fantasy X, even though it's parts of it are, are especially anything with T, this is kind of like, okay, haha, whatever. There's a, certainly enough to keep me going and say, wow, what is going on? Uh, I am eager to see what is happening. So I'll keep, I'm definitely going to keep on going until I, I at least like clear a significant portion of the story. Mm-hmm. I also, I don't know if this is just rose colored glasses speaking, but Final Fantasy X's areas are so memorable to me. We were watching earlier this week. I found someone had done a like 4K Unreal Engine version of what Final Fantasy X remake might look like. Uh, and, and they basically just modeled a bunch of different places in Final Fantasy X in Unreal to make them look super nice. So, like the Thunder Plains, uh, mm-hmm. the Sade, Kilika, um, uh, some places you have not seen yet. But I was looking at all this stuff and being like, wow, this game, I've played other Final Fantasies, but I don't know that I've even played many RPGs that have as distinct areas as Final Fantasy X. Like, I can think of something like Besaide and just immediately get a picture of what it is, or Makalania, or the Thunder Plains, or the Mian High Road. Like, it is a very visually... Um, Stark and and it is kind of weird where like you are definitely going through and there are biome after biome and it can Mm -hmm. feel a bit jarring in that way, especially at the part where you're at where it's going to start shifting climates. Let's say I was wondering if if you're going to get out of the the tropical climate and I figured yes, you are you are the part of the game where it stops being so tropical island adventure and starts becoming some very visually distinct areas. So I wrote on a shoe puff, shoe puff. you you wrote the shoe puff. <laughs> what is with that accent? What are those things? It's look, it, it, you sit there too long and you let it sit too long. And you're like this square. You're like, there's a line you're crossing and I don't know where it is, but there is you are somehow crossing a line with this. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking this has got to be a racial stereotype. And it's making me uncomfortable. Yeah, but I don't there, know what like, it, it is. is making me uncomfortable, but I can't. <laughs> discern what it is i'm just exactly. generally uncomfortable so you just kind of like roll with it and be like okay they're just doing a fun cartoon voice baby sure. don't look too hard they sound <laughs> yeah. like yoda i suppose do shoe puffs swim or do they kind of like march on the ground like, like uh, i think they march because i think the moon flow is actually not that deep i think they just walk across it but it's but you do kind of look down because you, you do you do jump town. into the moon flow at that one point uh, yeah. to fight that boss uh, after Waka makes everyone deeply uncomfortable <laughs> with his oh, racism. That section is so bad because it's literally like like a dinner, like you are at a dinner with oh. a relative <laughs> yes. and they're like, so I was listening to this podcast recently and you're like, oh God, no, no, <laughs> pull the car over. Just <laughs> no, run the car off the road. Just do it. <laughs> Uh, no, like, like someone shows up to kidnap you know and everyone's like oh thank god <laughs> yeah oh thank god he can shut up now but it's the albisade so that makes it worse yeah yeah it's the albed I so then walk no is like man. i told you <laughs> i told you man i'm bender from futurama 
If you read my Facebook feed, you'd know. <laughs> the mainstream uh, media won't tell you, man. <laughs> the mates. <laughs> SNN Spira News Network won't tell you the truth. <laughs> um, I haven't been playing much this week, to be honest. It's been a hard week to just like focus on games for yeah, you know for, for sure. various reasons. Um, I tried messing around with a few things. Uh, I have been playing Cyberpunk for Normandy, but all I'll really say about that right now is Cyberpunk is still a game I go back to and I play it and I'm like, yeah, this does everything, but not in like an interesting way. It just feels like a game that wanted to have everything all at once, but never really went deep enough on anything. Right. the thing that amazed me this week as I was playing cyberpunk for, for Normandy was uh, how are there no mini games in there? Oh, there aren't there's like, there's like the hacking mini game, but how is there not like a triple triad equivalent? How is there not? A there's caravan? no Gwent equivalent. I was going to yeah. say there should be a Gwent equivalent in there. There's no Gwent. There's, there's nothing wow. like that in there. And I Future have Gwent's no on. idea how they didn't do that. That is like a staple of open world design to me at this point, to the point that Horizon Forbidden West included a fake card board game that you could play. And a really good one at that. Yeah. Did Elden yeah, Ring I've have heard, a card game or something? No, but Elden Ring's built different, you know? I don't really need to. <laughs> Can you imagine playing like Triple Triad with the... With Ronnie or with something? With Warmaster EG. Yeah, like that's who I was thinking that would be great. I was like, Warmaster <laughs> EG would totally... After you've life. done the Ronnie quest line, you like go up to him and he's like, oh, okay, let's play some Gwent. <laughs> he talks uh, like this. Everyone's everyone's too sad in that world to play a game. That's but, true. Uh, everyone's kind of waiting around to die, so nobody really wants to play uh, any games. But Warmaster EG's the greatest. He's just sitting there reading a book. A huge book. Where did he get a huge book? I did spend a little bit of time on a thing that some of our audience might like just because they they might still be craving some some advance wars in their life. Uh, I played something called Floppy Nights, which is a game that mm, I've kind of been keeping tabs on as it was in development. Uh, it's uh, being made by Rose City. It's made by Rose City. Um, it's out now. It's on Game Pass on Xbox and PC. And the general thrust of it is that it's like one part deck builder, one part advance wars. So you deploy units from your hand uh, and put them on the field. And then other cards in your deck are like move attack, or they might be more interesting versions of move and attack. They might boost stats. They might uh, have special things like the starter deck you have is a plant deck and there's, every unit can grow and when you use a grow card on the unit it will get buff in stats and maybe get an additional ability like the cactus character will get um like thorns so when you hit him he will do damage back to a unit things like that and then when you play it on the field it's it's very advanced wars it's very uh tile based Mm -hmm. strategy uh and it is really pleasant uh it's the the I believe creative director on it is Marlo Dobb, who did all the art for Dicey Dungeons, and it's the same art style here. So it's very it's a very artistically aesthetically pleasing game. It's got a cool vibe to it where everything is kind of these almost adventure time like aesthetics uh, going on. Uh, it's one to keep an eye on if you if you like that stuff. And I also fell down the darker side of Final Fantasy fourteen, which is making a relic weapon and. Oh. Oh. Oh, don't yeah. bother. Why do people bother? So I'm at what? the I'm at the part now where I have to like do fates 
and uh-huh. that part isn't the worst. To yeah. be clear, you're doing the, the Realm step. Reborn Relic weapon. Yes. Oh, those yes. are those are those are the worst. worst. Yes. Uh, but I did look into what the other ones are, and some of the Bajja and Eureka ones seem not as bad to go get. So I might just start messing oh, around Eureka in Bajja. Eureka is hell. And, and, I hate Eureka. Eureka's Eureka. hell. Bajja is also hell. Okay. They're both hell. Okay. That's the weird part is I feel like I've now peeled back a layer on 14. Like I've been living up high in the clouds with the MSQ and the story and, oh, I'll play some triple triad while I wait for my DPS cues. That's all good. But now I have like looked under the hood and I've seen the relic weapon grind and all the actual triple triad grind and all of that stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's a lot down here in there. When I first started playing (laughs) Uh, Victor, friend of the show, took me on a tour in game of I think it was the Javanian Highlands or or Hinterlands mm-hmm. rather, mm-hmm. where you go. He kind of clipped through the bottom and he kind of saw the bones of the game down there. And it was really surreal. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like that, I guess. Like here's the <laughs> yes. broken remains of 1.0 that Can this see game the is gears built off moving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no god, one, it's all Moogles. No one was supposed <laughs> to see this. You you engage <laughs> with 14 at that level. That is like. That is the MMO part of this game that they mm-hmm. have hidden away. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. you are you are high in the clouds, like you said, and now you've looked into hell with the rest of us, <laughs> where we are all forced to reckon with the actual MMO parts of this game and the things that take weeks of just mm-hmm. grinding. Which like, hey, but it's put an on MMO. a good That's album. What they do it is an MMO <laughs> at the end of the day. So, Jesse, what have you been playing lately? I've been having a real problem. I've been in a rut lately. Mm-hmm. I haven't found. Mm-hmm like a thing to capture my attention. So I booted up Final Fantasy 13 too. That seemed like a good idea. Oh, um, how did that go? Terribly. It crashed on me f- like five or six times in Ouch. 20 minutes because I'm playing the <laughs> PC version, which apparently oh. is not a good version, but it's the one I had. I just had it in Steam. Uh, so I played that opening like five mm-hmm. times. Uh, and then I was just like, you know what? This isn't going to work out. It was really cool. I really liked that opening. Some some sick stuff happens. But uh, yeah, so quickly moved on from that. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Destiny 2 for the last mm-hmm. couple of days because the new season dropped mm-hmm. uh, and I'm always playing some sort of live service game. Uh, and so I think the new Destiny season is actually like a ton of fun. Uh, they went like real horror vibes like like there are missions where you are like sneaking around this like infested ship and like there's like a unkillable like cabal that is chasing you and you're trying to like get away from it and like activate all these different things. Some real like some real good horror stuff in there. I mean, it's still destiny. You're still going to like, you know, shoot stuff and yeah. do whatever, uh, get loot. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been nice to revisit destiny. Uh, the storytelling is over my head cause it's so mm. segmented mm-hmm. and you're either on board or you're not. And if you're someone trying yeah. to like re onboard themselves, that's like a whole other problem in itself. So mm-hmm. I've just been kind of trying to enjoy the game at face value for, you know, mm-hmm. the activities that they're adding and stuff. Uh, but I do think if you're thinking about jumping in destiny, Now's a pretty good time. Beginning of the season, you got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Uh, and then today, for no reason at all, uh, I reinstalled Final Fantasy 15. Okay. And so okay. now I played the opening hour and a half of that today. Um, that's like my comfort game in a weird mm. way. Uh, I was telling some people earlier, like I have beaten that game like eight or nine times. Uh, I just love that game despite all its flaws. It had, it I had a lot started of them. playing it. Like I did play it when it came out initially, but I heard they added so, so much. I should really just start again. 
Right. And that, and that's what I, so, uh, as part of like the PlayStation plus collection, the Royal edition is like part of it. So you right. can just download all the DLC. So I downloaded that edition and it downloaded like 25 add ons for the game, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. between like weapons, alternate costumes, noodles, the, you know? the episode, the DLCs, like the episode art in and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so because PlayStation's got the whole weird, like, oh, uh, if you didn't upload your PS4 data and then like re-download it on the PlayStation 5, your saves didn't come over. So I don't have all my PlayStation 4 data on it uh, and I don't know how to get it. So I just started the game over again. Yeah, Um, I would start over again. Noctis gets a lance and I wanted to mess around with that for conversations later Mm -hmm. and other Mm -hmm. stuff. So, Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been playing. I played a little bit of V Rising. I don't really have a lot. Yeah, but that that's we, we talked about it last is. week. Yeah, it's it's like a Diablo survival game is like kind of what it just feels like to me is it's got elements of Diablo. It's got elements of rust and and like various base building type games. And it feels kind of at the intersection of that. But um, it's it's got a good cycle, but I'm waiting to see like what the the big the big swing with it is, you know, right. Like what's, what's the thing that's going to really put it over compared to Titans of the genre. Uh, For sure. Early access yeah. though. So, uh, cool. How about some random encounters? talk about the news of this week starting with digital foundry not keen on the playstation plus emulators apparently the ones coming to playstation plus deluxe not quite good although there has been a patch they are trying to work on it a little bit is stuff still i heard stuff was in pal again is this happening do they they fix another pal issue again so 50 hertz pal specifically we, yes. we had a topic recently on Retronauts that I was part of about, like, uh, the emulation that went into the PlayStation Classic and why it was all PAL. Apparently, it's because Sony said it has to be the last version of the game to, that you submit to this to this console. And, of course, the last version was usually European because they tended to get games behind us. So mm-hmm. enjoy your PAL game i guess and it's like okay you screwed this up so badly the first time nobody bought that console in my eyes that's what killed off the mainstream like console craze where it's still of course there's still tons and tons of like you know mini consoles going around but like it really kind of sank in public opinion after that Mm -hmm. and you're doing this all again and and nintendo like you're trying to be worse than nintendo who charges practically nothing for their online service you're charging from what i understand a lot of money for this Stop it. Yeah, Stop twice it twice the annual subscription, I believe, is how much it costs to get the deluxe tier. Yeah, come, you're right. And the deluxe, like, come on, people. You got to stop this, Sony. Stop trying to be... At least Nintendo has an interesting game, so I can kind of be like, okay, Nintendo, you're a bunch of assholes, but I like your game, so whatever. But Sony, I like your games too, but not that much. Not We're enough getting... to get for you to, like, shove PAL games down my throat. Absolutely. We're getting more info on Dragon Quest Treasures coming next month. That is June, which is coming up real fast. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But we got a few others. Miyazaki's favorite Elden Ring boss, Radon. Love it. Love to see it. Now, when you say Uh, Miyazaki, you're not talking about Ghibli Miyazaki. No, no, I'm talking about FromSoft Miyazaki. (laughs) Because I saw that in the notes. and I'm like, Miyazaki, doesn't he hate everything? (laughs) 
<laughs> That's why and he loves you Radon. Love Radon. Which I understand. Why could you, how could you not love Radon? But like, I, I can't picture him having an opinion. He'd look at it and say, this is an insult to life itself. <laughs> the Scarlet Radon. Rod is an insult to life itself. Yeah, it kind of is. That's the point. <laughs> there, there are reports of Cyberpunk 2077 expansion leaks out in the wild. I've not seen them yet, but what I have seen of the reports of them uh, seem like an expansion to an open world game. Uh, Capcom has launched a Dragon's Dogma anniversary website. What the ga- What could that possibly be for? Who knows? That's a big mm, moment. Uh, and shout out to the QA testers at Raven winning their vote to unionize. Yes, it was it was a victory and the first union at a major AAA video game wow. studio. Good. Hope more massive, follow. massive. Uh, but our big story, which came out just today, and then we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about, is that Sony is airing a state of play on June. Seconds. They are saying it is nearly 30 minutes of third party reveals and PlayStation VR 2 contents. Uh, they got sneak peeks, they got announcements. It's a state of play, uh, but it is their June state of play. They have not announced any other one yet to line up with Summer Games Fest. So this could be it. Nadia, what are we thinking about this? How are we feeling about this? My question is um, the, the, the title titles that we're going to be getting a lot of Final Fantasy stuff this year including maybe a preview of uh remake 2 maybe 16 we're definitely supposed to get more 16 yeah now, a new trailer it? is on the way for 16 we don't know where it's coming yet but they have said that the trailer is on the way so i want to know if it's going to be on sony's presentation and then square does it their own like later on or if it's we're going to have to wait until square reveals it because of course there have been some massive massive final fantasy reveals on sony's uh Mm-hmm. You know, 16 shows. was revealed 16, on a state of play um, yeah. and remake 2 was revealed on not a state of play but at e3 for the sony show so yeah we'll we'll you confuse me there with the phrasing of two i was like wait they haven't shown remake part two <laughs> remake oh, <T-O-O>. <laughs> the original <laughs> remake they call that- it remake two that would be great. Final yeah. Fantasy VII Remake 2. Remake this one too. <laughs> but it's T-O-O. It's like remake all. Yeah, remake all. Remake Infinity. So uh, my question is if we're going to get Final Fantasy news there or I don't know what else Sony's doing that I care about. I don't care that much about God of War. So, Well, they, they've only talked about third party and PlayStation VR that's too. True. So that's kind of the other weird thing about this is you know, it's not like they haven't said first party, but there was even a tweet from Shuhei Yoshida being like, please read the text of this announcement carefully. <laughs> like, um, so Take it really does feel like glass. it's going to be third party focused. So, I mean, there are a few things that Sony likes to mess around with. You know, they like Street Fighter. They like Final Fantasy. And those all kind of could be due for some news. Jesse, what are you thinking at this point? So I think the language is incredibly important here. Like you just mm. said, like. Okay, so PlayStation has its state of plays, but then it also has its its showcases. So right. the thing we saw in September with like Wolverine and Spider-Man 2 and all their first party stuff was like the PlayStation showcase. Mm-hmm. When they announced the PS5 and they showed 16, that was like the PS5 showcase or future future of gaming, right? So like I, I feel like they're probably saving something for September. I feel like if you get Square News here, you get like Forspoken. You get like something mm. like oh, that, right. and then maybe sixteen is at like Summer Game Fest. Uh, mm. I think you you get my bar is the bar for me is always very low with the state of play. Yeah, that way yeah. it yeah. either meets expectations or it's a huge surprise. 
it is very rarely under my expectations when they're on the floor, basically. Um, and nothing against those games, but just like that's where my head's at. It's like I might see a cool game or two, but like I'm not I'm not building up to to the big ones. Right. Um, and so I think them calling it a state of play. A state of play has meant a lot of different things. They've shown RE3 remake at a state of play. They showed a new Final Fantasy VII remake trailer at a state of play. But something about this to me feels like it's going to be like something on the level of like a moss, right? For a PSVR, mm-hmm. like you're going to get a cool VR title. You're going to get like maybe another look at, I don't know, Exo Primal from Capcom. You're going to get like things like that is kind of where my head's at. And then yeah. Summer Game Fest and the rest will have your 16s and your. I Elden wonder, actually, or I, I am curious to see how much clout Keeley has to get hit that stuff on Summer Games Mess, though. I'm, oh, I'm picturing he, him on hands and knees. Please. I mean, but Keeley there's got the release date for Elden Ring. That was pretty big. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Like he's got he's got game awards. There's also no E3 in town. So yeah. especially if you are a publisher who maybe um, isn't going to work with, say, an Xbox or a Sony. You, you want to kind of go the multi-platform approach. That's true. Or, I don't know. He you just, just swooped down and just on the corpse of E3 and carried it off. I got you know, to hand it to him. He's he's Drawfrick the Grafted. I keep saying this. He, he picked up <laughs> E3 and grafted it onto himself. We have like a the great dragon. show, Tarnished. Ah, dragons. Uh, eh. But it's, uh, it's interesting because this is also the time of the year where you know, the the leakers and and the rumors mm. start to get around. Uh, and anyone who did not go catch that um, John Cartwright video about leakers and saying things and the entire saga of him making a fake Nintendo leak account oh, and tricking right. people it with it. It was so good. It was so incredible. But it was a good learning moment, or not even learning moment, teaching moment for a lot of people because – that is kind of the state of video game news, especially around these big showcases is a lot of people will get out there. Jesse and I were in discord the other night looking at these just random lists that people had put up where they were like, I know what's going on. And the they were just completely un like just out there, just throwing things at the wall because you can say something that is mildly reasonable. You know, if you understand cycles and you understand how quarters mm-hmm. work and you understand how series usually get repeated, you could say things like, oh, yeah, they'll probably talk about, I don't know, Street Fighter or something. And you might be right. And then the next time a showcase rolls around, you can just say whatever the hell you want <laughs> and throw it at the wall. And so I always try to be very careful, obviously, as day jobs uh, for for Jesse and I like there's reporting that has to happen. You want to like value where the sources you're getting these from are. Uh, You want to make sure that you're not just echoing something that is, is out there without much uh, validity behind them. And so that's always something to keep in mind, especially as some of these kick up the, the one that made me think of it was recently there was an image from some tech expo or conference where a tv manufacturer TCL. was yeah was That's showing right. off its yeah. new tv and they were like it's got 8k perfect for the next ps5 and the next xbox series right. consoles and everyone was like oh my god they're making ps5 pros they're making xbox series xl it's new mid-generation oh my god and, nobody and- can get the original playstation 5 <laughs> yeah and upgrades. and everyone who is familiar with the way that this stuff works came in and was like 
they don't have some insider info that just magically leaked. This person is trying to sell you a TV. This person is trying to sell not even you. They're trying to sell Best Buy on the idea of stocking right. this TV. And they're like, 8K, baby. 8K is really important. So you should give us a lot of money to buy 8K TVs. So that way you're ready because people are going to want them for when these mm-hmm. consoles hit. And that's how you get that sort of thing happening. And yeah, so their projections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And those projections have been happening for a while. There have been projections from financial analysts for years now about when the next Nintendo Switch is going to come. And every once in a while, people will be like, oh, my God, the Switch is coming this year because this analyst said this. No, they're just saying that business sense. This is the cycle that Nintendo usually operates on. And this is, you know, the profit margin they like to maintain. So it would make fiscal sense for a switch to a new switch to appear at this point. Does that mean it's going to happen? No, because it's Nintendo. Nintendo has no rules. Nintendo has no <laughs> laws. <laughs> Nintendo so, is chaos, just pure chaos. Yes. You yes. you also go back to to what we were just talking about, right? With like you can kind of you kind of have a sense for like, oh yeah, this would be about the time. Like you can look at Xbox mm-hmm. and PlayStation to be like, it's not necessarily the time for them to be pushing new tech, but I'd be shocked if they weren't looking at different ways to manufacture the PS5 and the Xbox right now. Of course. With the chip mm-hmm. shortage, with the shortage of supplies, they're probably doing everything in their power to find different components for that thing so that they can get them out the door. So like mm-hmm. maybe there is a mid-cycle refresh happening. I don't think it would be a pro and an XL, but yeah. like, you know, they're Slim. always looking for ways to, yeah, make cheaper consoles. The, the get them switch out the went door. through like, at least one, like, cycle refresh that was not an official name they just put a new model number out there that had slightly different parts on the inside and people were like make sure you get the new nintendo switch yeah the right. one with the too. slightly better battery yeah. <laughs> the ps4 pro had a uh, uh they like lowered the decibels in the fan or mm-hmm. like lowered the decibels on it so that it wouldn't be as loud all right because uh, those jet. fans were kicking up and those yeah. were just like a different skew basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so all that in mind, keep that in mind as we go into this this June. But as far as Sony goes, uh, this is June. This is usually the time when gaming announcements happen. You would think the state of play would be somewhere that some players, especially those that usually associate themselves with Sony, would start to get some things out there and start to talk about some of the games that they got potentially coming up either this holiday season or even into 2023. That's the weirder part is we're getting more confirmation of games now that are coming in 2023. Yeah, like. We've got Dead Space and now today Jedi Survivor already confirmed for 2023. And that's that's a ways out. But they're announcing them now because EA is doing this weird thing where they're just not doing a showcase and they're just announcing things and it's working oddly. I mean, when you have franchises like Dead Space and Star Wars, it's pretty easy. But um, yeah, but I mean, think about the rest of their lineup real quick, right? It's like mostly sports games and like yeah, those and people Apex, are going to buy those games. Yeah. You could put out a trailer for the new Madden and you could be like, hey, here's what's new mm-hmm. real quick. Here, here's what it looks like. Go buy it in August. Buy it again. It's like yes. they don't need a showcase around it. The, the, the only Tom Brady thing... drum line doesn't need to happen again. <laughs> the Tom Brady <laughs> drum line. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. The only the only thing I can imagine EA wanting to get at a show like this would be something like uh, Dragon Age, which I would yeah. love to hear some freaking news about Dragon Age. And that's my one hope going into June. Honestly, the one the one thing that I am hoping for outside of a neon white release date <laughs> is, uh, is a Dragon Age update. Maybe oh. I'll get it. Jesse, we are we are long suffering for neon white over here. I I wish mm-hmm. I, I I've lost all faith. Ah, oh, don't lose hey, your faith. Hold hey, on to hope. 
They're they're saying announcement soon, Jesse. Keep keep the faith. Announcement soon. RPGs we'll are live. all about holding on to the faith in the in those eyes of darkness <laughs> and all that crap. Uh Let's talk about Eyes of Darkness. Let's talk about eyes in general and how Eyes of Dragons could potentially fuel someone like a Dragoon. Nadia, this was your choice, so I'm going to let you take the wheel here. We're doing another class conscious this week, and we're covering the one, the only, the Dragoon. Uh, first of all, that was a really tortured segue, but thank you for for attempting that. Look, I try to make them work, okay? <laughs> uh, I mean... Dragoons really don't need a whole lot of introduction. We're actually kind of covering dragoons slash lancers because they're 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 one and the same. A lot of the time, uh-huh. a lancer built itself up to a dragoon. So yes, dragoons are a class, and they are a class that we are focusing on for this uh, class conscious episode. I think the mage, sorry, not mages, the white mage healer uh, class conscious went over really well. So uh, mm-hmm. it'll be fun mm-hmm. to do another one. Yeah, yeah. Folks seem to respond well to it. There was eagerness in the in the chat earlier about it. They we've already received multiple requests for more classes to cover. <laughs> uh, there's a lot to go over, so it is definitely like my pleasure to try that because it's a I always just like discussions about classes in Final mm-hmm. Fantasy, even, which is funny because five is not even one of my favorites. But yeah, so Dragoons as a kind of an over, you know, over uh, all encompassing description they tend to be dragon knights. They're also called dragon knights. They usually wield lances. Sometimes they can also wield swords as well, but usually lances are their specialty. Their big thing is to jump. Uh, might as well jump, jump, yeah. <laughs> you know the song. And uh, it always makes me crack up when you have a dragoon like Sid from Final Fantasy VII who's like this you know, old guy whose knees are probably go- giving out, and he's like, oh, up I go. So yeah, they tend to jump kind of stay up in the air and then plunge down and do massive damage. In some cases, that mechanic comes in to play with uh, escaping party wiping enemy uh, attacks and whatnot. But yeah, going over what dragoons are all about besides that, they also tend to work with or against dragons, mostly with. Mm -hmm. Usually... um, they fly on them. Like if they don't fly on them in game, there's mention of them in the lore, particularly Final Fantasy Four. They attack with dragons some of the time. Like I think Final Fantasy Eleven. If you are a dragoon, you get a little tiny dragon friend who actually they use the same model for uh, kind of baby Midgard Stormer in Final Fantasy Fourteen, which is hilarious. Aww. So yeah, they they kind of follow you around and I guess sit on your head or your shoulder or your head if you're a Lalafell. Here's something interesting about dragoons to this day i cannot figure out why this is the case but most of them are left-handed i don't know why i'm okay with it i think it's a neat thing because being mixed-handed myself it's just like a little bit of representation that uh is pretty neat they're usually glass cannons much as i love dragoons they're not always the best choice to have in your party they they're a joke in final fantasy 14 they have been a joke for a long long time like hey, who's gonna tank hey. the floor it's gonna be the dragoon i <laughs> never heard that one before Eric, so, I told you that when you were getting into 14. I said dragoons <laughs> are the ones that always get, get ripped on. When I first yeah, started. Yeah, you said floor tank, and I had no idea what that meant or what it was. And then I like wiped in multiple encounters, and someone was like, lol, floor tank. And I was like, yeah, okay, I get it When now. I first started playing 14, Mike asks me, uh, what class are you? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm a Lancer. He's like, oh, you're going to die. And, <laughs> and he was right. 
but it's so much fun. It's such a fun class because the Dragon Association, they always have the coolest armor. Nobody will tell me otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's usually mm-hmm. modeled after a dragon. Here's a little bit of trivia. Final Fantasy fourteen, which again is more about war with dragons at first, they are spiky so that if a dragon swallows them, they can tear their way out from the inside. So that's like, mm-hmm. even though it's completely nonsense, it's cool nonsense. No, that that rules. I love that they make themselves into spike pills. (laughs) 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 Are like, haha, got (laughs) them. I wanted to get eaten. Uh, uh, Dragoons, even though they're not the best fighters a lot of the time, I think they're the most interesting character wise most of the time. Like they're usually moody. They usually have a problem. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Kane has a massive problem. Rickard from Final Fantasy II has a massive problem. Freya kind of has a massive problem from Final Fantasy IX. Fang, I don't know if Fang has a problem. She's really cool. I haven't played 13. Fang, but I just, Fang does I just, have. Fang's got issues, but they mostly revolve around uh, people being mean to her girlfriend. So. Ah, well, well, of course she has a reason then to kick their asses. Mm-hmm. But to start on, you know, famous dragoons slash lancers in Final Fantasy, I guess the first would be Rickard. Rickard Highwind mm-hmm. from Final Fantasy 2. That's another thing. Usually you have the surname Highwind going on there. Uh, he was, he, I think he got killed. I didn't play enough of two to remember, but there is a bit of lore in the game that connects Rick, Rickard and Kane as like father and son in a very mm. kind of loose, you know, hey, hey, look at this reference way. So that's that's fun. But going on three, you have the class Dragoon, which um, you need to use to beat Garuda, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I, Looking back, that class, like the armor, is not cool. It doesn't get cool until 4, where I think Dragoons really come into their own with Kane Highwind, who's, as I said, has massive problems, but he's just so much fun to travel with. Holy crap, I love him so much. He's mm-hmm. my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. 5, of course, you have the uh, class of Dragoon, which the armor and whatnot and the cl- and the skills are a lot like Kane's in Final Fantasy 4. Uh, for Final Fantasy 6, I wrote down... I sell dragoons and dragoon accessories because there's no dedicated dragoon except maybe Mog who can equip lances. But if you want to be a dragoon in six, generally you want to get the dragoon boots or the dragon horn, which gives you the jump ability. Mm. And I, I never use it, but a lot of people do. Seven, we talked about Sid. He is a loudmouth, abusive boyfriend or husband. To this day, I don't know what his relation is to that chick, but uh, either way, he lights dynamite with uh, mm-hmm. a, a cigarette. I think that's funny, if nothing else. Interesting thing, he does have a dragon attack. So there's that connection. You wouldn't expect it in 7, which is a very kind of modern mechanical game. But uh, still, that's pretty cool, I suppose. Was there a dragon in 8? I have no idea. Do I you can't guys remember. I can't think of one. Um, I did not I can't. play enough of 8. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to. I'm thinking through every party member in 8, which I feel like 8 already kind of bucks a lot of trends yeah, exactly. it's hard to put them um kal-el in the chat is saying either kiros or ward is a dragoon ward um, ward is definitely yeah, a lancer yeah. okay yeah. so i i actually really like that now there are lancers ward is... but eight is weird because i feel like a lot of those characters are not traditional versions of those characters they are slightly different versions of those they don't characters have jobs in the in the ward uses traditional sense gotcha Railer on the moon uses her. I, I just play, learned I that Final Fantasy again. VIII has a UFO in it. Mm-hmm. That's yes, right. A UO and a pyramid. UFO and a pyramid. And a, and a pyramid, yeah. yeah. But uh, eight also um, 
Ward is the friend of Laguna. Who I think the whole game should have just been Laguna, but I've been over that. But I like Ward in that sense because he's a he's definitely not a typical dragoon in that dragoons are usually like very tall and lithe and you know uh, move very quickly. Ward's this big, huge, chunky boy who just kind of hefts his harpoon and runs and gets it again. I don't I don't remember if he can jump or not, but either way, he uses a harpoon to, to maximum effect. Final Fantasy Nine has Freya Crescent, who's a rat, a rat woman, which is really awesome. She's very cool, and I've complained in the past about how she's kind of dropped after a certain point in nine, and you don't see a whole bunch of her again. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing about her, she doesn't go for the High Wind surname, but she does have Crescent, which is the surname for Sephiroth's mother. Uh, what's mm. her name? Lucario. Lucario. I almost called Sephiroth's mother Lucario. Luca- I knew it. I knew it. Lucario. Lucario would be a dragoon. Lucario would you gave Lucario. No, Lucario's a monk. What are you talking about? Lucario's a monk. Dragoon all the way. Mm-mm, it, mm-mm. Lucario's got big dragoon energy. What? What? I think Mewtwo. No, maybe not Mewtwo, but something more like Mewtwo would be a dragoon. Anything with the fly ability is basically a dragoon. They go up in the air, they wait a turn, they come back down. Pidgey, if you give, if you give Lucario a spear, he'll be like, oh shit, I was meant to be a dragoon this whole time. Mm-hmm. That's That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Lucario needs to find its true calling. Except he'd mm. see, like, he, if he mm-hmm. gave him a spear, he'd be like, Lucario, 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 because he can't speak English, <laughs> but he'd be happy about it. Lucario Highwind. I just always wondered why they gave <laughs> Crescent, actually thinking about it, the Crescent surname wasn't revealed as uh, Lucretia's surname until uh, Dirge of Cerberus. So mm. they took Freya's surname for some reason. Square is weird. Square does weird stuff sometimes. We should we and should talk at some point about how Final Fantasy Ten is linked to Final Fantasy Seven remake. Oh, like, that was a revelation. Lore a linked. Re- how did that happen? What? Oh, okay. Segue in the middle of the Dragoon segment. Okay, so, I'm fine with that. Uh, in Final Fantasy Ten Two, there is a character on your ship named Shinra, who is like your your sphere person. He manages all the spheres mm. and stuff. And there is a secret cutscene you can get where he's analyzing something that happens late in the game. And he goes, oh, this is like life flow from the planet. You know, if you built the right technology, you could harness this as like energy. And then in Final Fantasy Fantasy VII Remake. So they asked back at the time uh, when Final Fantasy X-2 came out, they were like, was that supposed to be a reference? Because his name is Shinra. And they were like... They kind of made a joke about like, oh, yeah, wouldn't that be funny if they're in like the same universe? But hilarious. then it kind of got ran with like I, I've gone over this. Normandy FM has gone over this where I can't tell if it started out as a joke and then became a thing or if it was a thing. But then they just started joking about it. But they've always just kind of been like, oh, haha, that would be really funny, wouldn't it? And then Final Fantasy VII Remake happens, and when you're in the Shinra building and you look at the picture of all the right. people who founded Shinra, one of them is Shinra from Final Fantasy X-2. I remember like, that now. He's wearing the mask that. and everything. So yeah. there you That's, go. <laughs> when yeah, I saw that, that part about in that. Remake, that was hilarious when Barat sees the huge gold statue of Shinra. It's like, oh, hell no. And I'm thinking of that bit in The Critic where like the giant duke statue holding up the hospital sign duke mm. is life all hail duke <laughs> all hail shinra shinra is life um final fantasy 10 so you have kimari listed kimari, as a dragon yeah which is yeah. interesting because he's also the blue mage of that game like he, he fills is. two roles essentially yeah 
And that's interesting, especially because Lancet, which is an ability he has, that's a very mm -hmm. common Dragoon ability, but it's not used like that. Usually, see, Kamari can sometimes absorb enemies' abilities, as you say, using, using Lancet, Lancet, but that's not yeah. something, say, Kane can do. He would just absorb uh, hit points or magic points or both. As a, Just a brief, uh, brief diversion again, how do you even know if you're going to get abilities? You don't. You, so it's all random. It's not random. It's just certain monsters you can take them and certain monsters you can't. You just got to know which ones. So I, I think the idea monster. is that you're supposed to try all of them, but honestly, just use a guide. <laughs> like, yeah, there are there are some that are very, very good. And it's honestly easier to do than I think 10 2's version of the Blue Mage is more interesting, but also like more tedious to get uh, because their version of the Blue Mage is you have to get hit by the ability and then have it proc, which is, I think, more standard oh, Blue Mage. Right, um, it is. But uh, yeah, Kimari starts. So obviously, when you overdrive in 10, you can use any of your Blue Mage abilities, but he starts with the ability to jump like he has jump from the get go as an overdrive. How did so I miss that? Oh, as an it overdrive. Is, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's an overdrive. And you probably have not used Kamari enough to overdrive with it. Unfortunately, no. I mean, I do love Dragoons, but like I said, they're not always the most useful of party members. So I do like Kamari, well, but it's not like... He's oh in my a weird God. place. Exactly. Sure. Not like this yeah. is a super cool character. I got to use him. He doesn't have a defined role in the party the way that Lulu or Waka does. He uh, gets bullied a lot. Yes. Uh -huh. yes he Little does. Rod, so or so horn. But it does bring up an interesting facet of what I think makes the Dragoon so interesting, which is that they have a very specific function every time they exist in a Final Fantasy, especially in ones like 10 or 14 or things like that, is that they fill a very, very narrow niche. Mm -hmm. And that's the weird part about doing this whole class conscious was we were talking about it. And we were like, there's not really like. Final Fantasy is Dragoons and Dragoons are Final Fantasy. No one else really ever even tries to take a stab at them. But so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, but, adjacent Final Fantasy games do like mm -hmm. Bravely does uh, Chrono Cross. The Dragoons are a major part of that. But you're right. It's not not it's not like monks or healers. It's not like universal. It's definitely a Final right. Fantasy, especially the look of the dragoon, the dragon armor mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really interesting because I also think that dragoons are very discernible. It's not like it's some mm -hmm. crazy specific thing. It is in the same way that I think red mage is like, even though it is a very narrow subset, it's something that is understandable by a lot of people who play a lot of RPGs. And so the dragoon type somehow transcends Final Fantasy, even when it is a very Final Fantasy like first idea right. for a class. And I just I've been trying to figure out why that is like, is it just the armor? Is it the look? Is it the idea of this sort of glass cannon melee that, you know, is mobile and can really move and can do really cool attacks, but is also very squishy and is, you know, has high potential for tanking the floor. <laughs> I think also dragoons fill an interesting niche in Final Fantasy, starting with the third game where they first not didn't first appear, but appeared for the second time. You have to use a dragoon to beat Garuda, and you have to, mm -hmm. which means you have to change your job class for that particular battle. And since then, they've always been associated with uh, annihilating airborne enemies uh not mm -hmm. in final fantasy mm -hmm. 10 though everybody misses the airborne enemies except for waka thanks for that 
Uh, I don't know. I hit some of them with, with Tita's every now and then. I managed to hit one with Yuna one time when I was trying to build up Overdrive and Yuna like smacked a flying enemy. I was like, you know what? Good job, Yuna. Good for you. You earned points today. You did it. You <laughs> yeah. get a star. Gold star. Uh, so that's 10 in terms mm-hmm. of Dragoon. 11, I did not play Final Fantasy 11, but I did mention how the Dragoon class, I heard it was very hard to use, but again, you got a little flying wyvern as a companion which mm. I really like because that reflects the the origin of the dragoons. Uh, going into uh, deep lore territory, which I'm really versed in for some crazy-ass reason, in Final Fantasy IV, one of the reasons Kane has big issues is because Baron used to have dragon knights. They used to have dragons. Mm. They used to train dragons, mm-hmm. fly on them. And then the king said, hey, drag- dragons suck. Let's all use airships. So the dragons... Dragoons kind of lost that element of their their battle culture, and that's why they all learned how to jump instead. So Kane was like, "Well, here goes this big association that my father like was a, a big part of, and his father before, before him, because dragoons are in for at least are a hereditary um, mm-hmm. class because training dragons isn't something you can do in a short time." So he's like, "Well, that's blown." And here comes Cecil or Cecil to take over the. Uh, uh, the was the Red Wings as mm. a Dark Knight, and now the Dark Knights are what Baron is all about. So that, among other things, pissed Kane off. But yes, he has a dragon himself that is never mentioned in the in the English translation or anything like that. It's very sort of on the side lore. So dragons have always been a major, major part of dragoon culture, and that's one thing I'm glad they used in 11 because you can have a, a little dragon friend and in 14 that's a of course a huge huge part of the story mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. heaven's word and then Istinian, who we'll get into i'm yep. sure in a minute yep. has a, just a huge redemption arc about him like okay well i was at war with dragons for so so long and now i'm buddies with them some people some fan artists get even beyond that they're very creative i'll say that much so Tommy, where are you going <laughs> in your spare time? Going anywhere. Twitter just blabs it all out. Like, Seymour hey, everyone. Guado X Dragons. Again, this <laughs> Show is how you rank the, the money. This is how you rank the characters. You got to go see how much fan fiction and art is out there. Exactly. And yeah. that's how I mean, you know. A lot of us how did I end up in a smash or sure pass where where Nidhog is popping up? Yeah, smash. let's smash or pass dragoons. <laughs> smash them all. Um, uh. So that's 11. 12 is, oh gosh, I'm trying to think what, I think I missed writing down one for 12. I've not played enough 12 to know who the Dragoon would be. I think it's basically like a job thing again, where you can be, they call Mm. it something else too, not even Dragoon, like. It's the license board. Yeah, it's the license board. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm blanking on 12, unfortunately. I'm I'm very early in it, so that stuff is all still very new to me. (laughs) 13 but, has yeah. Fang, who's oh, really cool. Fang's, Fang's amazing. He's a, a, oh, a game. You know what? I just mm-hmm. thought of another game that has a dragoon in it that's not a oh. Final Fantasy game. What is it? You, y- y'all played Tales of Vesperia, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Judith. Part of it. Judith is oh. a dragoon. 100%. That is a dragoon ass dragoon. She rides <laughs> a dragon. That's she right. has a spear. Oh, and Judith is fantastic. That's a of great course. character right there. She was great. That is that is top tier character. That's and a good I, catch. I bring her up because not to get ahead of ourselves on the list, but same vibes as Aranea Highwinds. 
of Final Fantasy 15, who is also a top tier dragoon. She is great. 100 mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. And uh, one Again, thing the game doesn't do enough with her, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, she's in. A, she's in. I haven't played the expansion that she's in, so I hear it's That's good, though. Prompto, right? Or is prompto, it Ignis? Yeah. No, it's Prompto. I, I forget which one she's she's in. No, I think Ignis is is expansion revolves around your time in uh, the water city. Oh, I don't okay, remember the okay, name okay. of it. Yeah. And I mean, looking at the the gifts that are being posted now in the chat, like of like, say, the Heavensward intro. Which the oh, latter half of oh, that yeah. is just sex completely. Holy crap. Like I saw that actually, that scene done live, like with the live choir mm-hmm. at Oticon for for Distant Worlds, a, a concert. That was just freaking amazing. That was before I played 14, even. I was like, holy shit, that's just that's transcendent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh so we have going on to see I don't know a lot about Fang. I don't know if you guys know enough so, about Fang to talk about her. Yeah, Fang is kind of interesting in that her fight style is definitely a hundred percent dragoon. Um from what I remember in 13, which I've not finished 13, but I got to like the the big open world and was doing stuff there. Um and I would say that fang is not really defined by dragon stuff more kind of by the general falsy stuff that they have going on and she's very much involved with vanille and that whole story Mm -hmm. um that area of the lore but it's also been way too long uh 13 is is so far receded in my memory at this point that most of what i remember about it is snow riding a bicycle made of two shivas so everyone that's the only thing anyone remembers about that game i think fang uh you fight like a mech dragon that turns into a fighter jet that's i remember right. correctly yeah. that's, that's fang summon cool. yeah because vanille's is alexander right vanille oh, has... it, it's bahamut it's bahamut and they turn oh, yeah, bahamut basically bahamut. into like a fighter jet that owns that's okay that's, that's very I like that. good yeah yeah <laughs> i was actually looking at some uh i can't remember what i was watching the other day oh right i was watching a thing on crisis core mm-hmm. and they made like bahamut fury in that one and i'm like they're making stupider and stupider Bahamut at this point in the series history. Yeah, so, I just uh, got to Lunar Bahamut and I kind of laughed. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <was> like, really? <laughs> so the fact that they finally just said, you know what? This damn ass dragon's mechanical now. It's a transformer. I said, you know what? That's okay. You finally ad- adopted what it was in your heart and we can all stop suffering and just mm-hmm. enjoy Transformer Bahamut. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's important. Uh, yeah, no, Fang rules, though. I, I would say Fang is probably one of my favorite characters of base 13, for sure. Um, I do have a question. So, by your logic with Tales of Vesperia, does that mean that any of the Fire Emblem characters that ride dragons and have spears? The Wyvern they- Riders? I think they would specifically have to have spears. I don't know if I'd say um, Cordelia from Fates. Uh, would necessarily qualify as a dragoon because that's the thing is in fire emblem i'm trying to remember because normally dragoon or wyvern riders i should say um are axe users and bow yeah. users primarily the, the spear users are the pegasus knights usually yeah i usually wasn't sure if pegasus any of them had spears have spears yeah if they do it's it's like not a typical thing for them it's usually axes as eric says and spears for the pegasus riders who can be annihilated by arrows yeah i don't think pegasus, wyvern riders are no they can easily. they can get they can get sniped out of the air too anybody who flies gets sniped like crazy um 
but Wyvern Knights, it's it's usually they split it up between weapons to kind of keep that balance there, because otherwise right. you could end up with a flyer that's just too omnipowerful and wouldn't have too many weapons at their disposal. There are very few classes in Fire Emblem that get more than two weapon types, and that usually ends up making them just busted <laughs> when they have those. <laughs> uh, so like Pegasus Knights are usually swords and spears. Uh, Wyvern Knights are usually axes and bows. Uh, and I, I'm trying, but I can't think of any others. There's obviously the transforming like Tiki, uh, who can turn into a dragon. The, the Manichettes, yeah. Uh, it's and funny, the, uh... you, you brought up earlier the idea that like knights, and I think that the knight imagery is also very important to what makes a dragoon, mm-hmm. because I think if you then begin to pull the lens back and you talk about dragon knights, now you've got things like Dota has the Dragon Knight, um, Elden Ring, all of the knights in uh, Leyendel are are like all of they they follow the dragon cult and they have right. like dragon imagery on them and they're the the uh, sentinels that have the dragon weapons and things like that. Uh, I was watching yeah. a body video that went into some of that stuff and about like how a lot of those knights uh, in the lore like fought the dragons and then to defeat the dragons had to kind of like use their weapons and then gain the respect of the dragons and started to work with the dragons because they found that very heaven's word plot. (laughs) Yeah. I noticed that like in, in Elden Ring, you do have traces of weapons Mm -hmm. and and armor telling you about how the ancient dragons were worshiped as, Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. like primals basically. So yeah, final fantasy Mm -hmm. 14. Yeah. And I think there's like, I can't pin it down exactly, but there's something about that outside of obviously the armor is part of it. And and the spear is obviously a major part of it. I think dragoons, you know, if we're talking a strict definition of a dragoon has to have a spear because there is that imagery of them leaping into the air and then spinning down with the spear and all that. I think that actually didn't happen until three. I think originally dragoons were basically sword and axe users Mm -hmm. in two. But that's why I would say four is when they really came into their own. I think also the imagery of having a dragon as an ally is Mm -hmm. cool Mm -hmm. in any context. And when you combine it with battle, I mean, you can't lose. You really can't. Is Daenerys from Game of Thrones a dragon? (laughs) I'm going to kill myself now. (laughs) She doesn't have a spear. Oh... Forget shout what's out an to RPG. Anyone who named their dragon. kid Daenerys, like, oh, well, I mean, don't, don't shout out <laughs> that that House of Dragons show is, is coming out. Maybe we'll get a dragoon. Yeah, maybe, maybe there will be a dragoon in the new Game of Thrones. Finally, show. finally, my, my name is Daenerys Highwind. <laughs> we oh did my it. god, I'd explode. I don't, I don't <laughs> know what to do with myself. Nadia's like getting a nosebleed over there. <laughs> if you much. rearrange the letters in Daenerys Targaryen, it spells "I am a dragoon." So, like, we're good. <gasps> we figured it out. None of, those, bad, none of those mm. letters match up, but man, that's a great conspiracy theory. Thank you. I had a bad moment with rearranging letters the other night. What? So there was there was a thing. So Nintendo got some new Nintendo Switch Online like plus games, and it was like, here's all this stuff. And it was like two games, who cares? And then one of them was NES Pinball. And the first thing my brain thought was, huh, that's an anagram for penis ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's my department. Just what are you doing? Like Eric? that. It penis just sparked. Ball. And now I have not been able to see any 
post from Nintendo about Nintendo Switch Online Plus without being like, we added penis ball to Nintendo penis Switch ball Online. by the Lake Grady Water. <laughs> yeah. Pe- people have been wanting, wanting you know, they've, better, they've been better Nintendo games. I don't know what, you can't get better than that, I guess. We, they kept saying, <laughs> we want Wii back, and and we clearly misunderstood. <laughs> How could penis oh. ball be the best game ever? Just like throwing a ball at someone's nuts. That would suck for, for the person being thrown. Like, it'd be fun for who was throwing, but whoever's getting hit, man, good luck. It's a with compilation that. of every like American home video <laughs> submission, or like an idiocracy. Ow, my balls! Ow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my balls! It's just every time Mario jumped on a pipe, but like misjudged the angle, and he always jumps like very spread legged, so he's just landing on Mama the edge mia, of the pipe. Mamma meatballs. <laughs> Where did we Sorry, go everyone. <laughs> Back to the dragons. <laughs> what, jumping dragoons. We got there. We figured it out. Penises. I'm sure some of them have them. I don't yeah. know. How many dragoons have jumped and landed? Wrong? <laughs> <laughs> jumped um, and landed on a telephone wire. Ah! You never see the failed jumps. Let's That's talk true. about Estinian. You said the, he was a nerd. You said he could beat him up. Yeah, you get to beat him up in the dragoon job quest. You get to like fight him and beat him and make him think about the error of his ways, and then he comes back cool. So in a way, the Warrior of Light is really responsible for how cool Estidian is later in the story. Going back for a moment to when you start in 14, you're a Lancer, and you have a rivalry. The only Duskrite elf in the game that you can really like, that's an NPC, a significant NPC. Mm-hmm. He's a real doofus, and... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That was that was a fun way to start the class uh, mm-hmm. quest because he's like, I am the best Lancer there ever was. Oh, mm-hmm. a boar. I'm so scared. <laughs> the Lancer and the Dragoon job quests are both about beating up nerds who think they're better at the spear than you are. And I really respected that plot line in general. <laughs> it's a good no, one. That was, that was good. But Astinian is... I really see. Here's the thing. One of the things that got me into Final Fantasy 14 is again, friend of the show, Victor's. I was having lunch with him once, and he says, You got to get into 14. Estinian is Kane 2.0. And he's absolutely 100% right. Now, here's why I like Estinian, besides the fact he's, he's cool in that moody dragoon way. He learns. He learns very, very hard mm-hmm. lessons in Heaven's World. I'm not going to get into too many spoilers here, but. I mean, it's no secret that in Heaven's Word, the whole plot is, hey, these knights have been having a fight with dragons for a very, very long time. You learn why. And when you learn why, Estinian says, well, this is not what the church taught me, but I can't deny the evidence that's right in front of my face. And he does his best to make up his sins for what he did against the dragons. Mm-hmm, like he mm-hmm. he has like per- he personally apologizes, like at least in, in supplemental stuff to Hrace Velger and and mm-hmm. all of that and hracefugger actually gives him his i think it's his dragoon his armor for stormblood or his weapon or both but he forms a, a kind of understanding with with dragons and and by the time you get to heaven's road he's riding those those mfers like they're just like motorcycles he's just like having a grand old time so final fantasy 14 went back to that whole idea of dragoons allying themselves with dragons and i think that's mm-hmm. really really cool mm-hmm. yeah and and it also goes back to what you were saying earlier about a lot of dragoons being like moody and sort yes. of like, you know, like dark and, and brooding. Uh, and Estinian is very much like that. And then it's just like head empty, only jump. <laughs> oh, and it's like, only just, kill. Oh, yeah. Like, like the like the dragons are obviously there's like a lot of politics involved and, and some high level stuff in, in Heaven's Ward. And Estinian starts out very like 
kill dragons like that is the thing i do you send mm-hmm. me out there i'm gonna murder some dragons i'm coming and in a lot of ways that's how eric played evan sword as yeah. well no like, i murdered a lot of dragons, murder dragons. That, that, yeah, is, yeah. that is eye on the prize i was very excited uh, then, every time i got to kill dragons in that expansion oh, over also, the course of it, it istinian yeah mm-hmm. comes full circle, also has like one of the best lines in the game which is when a certain thing happens in heaven's world i won't say what He's uh, you have the Knights of the Round Table in in Final Fantasy fourteen, which uh, is is something else I won't really get into. But uh, when he finds out everything's going bad and the church is involved, because of course they are, I think he says, um, uh, "What does he say? Like curse those bloody whore sons and piss on their swiving round table." <laughs> and I didn't know what swiving meant, so I said to my husband, "Can you look up swiving for me?" And he's like, "Click click click. Oh, it means fucking. Oh, okay. So <laughs> good line. I appreciate uh, it." Yeah. And and the other thing I like about Stinian that I think really makes a good dragoon is having that idea of good intentions corrupted by um, either uh, ideals or or value. Like, like, I've always liked the concept of uh, it's something they they actually explore in Shadowbringers a lot is what is too much good look like? Like, what is lawful taken to its farthest extent? Because I think a lot of people hear something like lawful good and they're like, oh, that's just an upstanding citizen. That's Superman. No. Well, Superman taken to his extreme is also a bad thing. And and keeping it in balance is important. And I think a dragoon especially can embody that well because a dragoon is usually in contention between being human and being dragon. Often part of the lore there, even with knights that take on dragon powers or if you want to get mm-hmm. real out there things like ryu from street fighter and the satsui no hado and all that yes i'm saying ryu as a dragoon <laughs> confirm it, it's it's the idea of like wanting to use great power uh for good but what makes you the correct arbiter for how justice should be meted out and are you always correct in meeting out that justice and does using that power make you as bad as the oppressors who also use that level of power? Because a lot of dragoons is using the power of the enemy against them. And frequently the thing that Astinian runs up against is, is using that power, making me as bad as they are. And am I, you know, he's very much like, Oh, I'll shoulder that. I'll be evil to destroy evil. But then you have to kind of live with that at the end of the day. And also the possibility that you are making yourself the greater evil in the process. It's an interesting scale that I think dragoons get to explore a little bit in in tone and theme. Especially since Astinian, um, he, even though like Nidhogg relinquishes control, he's still in there with him. And and Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. Astinian every single day is living with uh, the the agony that Nidhogg feels after like his Mm -hmm. sister was killed, uh, sister mate or whatever. Mm -hmm. Dragoons are kind of weird in Final Fantasy XIV. They have a whole alien thing going on. But the Mm -hmm. point is Nidhogg, his his sister w- was extremely dear to him and dragons form like lifelong ba- uh, bonds because they mm-hmm. live forever. So if they don't have that bond with someone, they go crazy. So his sister gets killed and I, Astinian's a big part of that. And so even though he's a, one thing Final Fantasy 14 is very, very big on is apologies are great, but the burden weighs as it should, which is a line mm-hmm. straight out of the mm-hmm. dragon, uh, sorry, the dark Knight quest. And it, it always stuck with me. Like, don't seek an apology. The burden weighs as it should. And that's something that's very true with Astinian. He has made his peace. He has, uh, you know, come to charms with his enemy to some degree, but he will always bear that, that scar. Mm-hmm. 
and Aranea Highwind. How do we feel about the most recent Final Fantasy's Dragoon? I mean, she owns, right? She just she's absolutely. Awesome. She's really cool. She's when one I saw of the her, best like, entrances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She just like she does like when I saw, I'm just like, God damn, that's dragons are cool. This is why dragons are cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I every time that part comes in, I love the boys very much. But every I time Aranea shows up, I'm like. I want to play her video game. Girl power, baby. Move <laughs> yeah. over. I, I mean, you get her, you get her for that one dungeon and it, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. absolutely owns it rules. Like it rules. Mm-hmm. And I was so hoping that like you would get to keep her as a rotating party member. And like, she would go off and do her own thing. And then like, anytime a dungeon would come up, she would like be there and you'd be able mm-hmm. to like, bring her in. But no, no, no. Maybe in that Sadly. DLC. I don't know. I didn't play it, but yeah, it's I haven't played back, DLC Jesse. yet. It's time to go back. There's never been a better time. I, I started. I, I'm, I'm working my way. I'm <laughs> working will, my way down. By this time next week, I will. I will have hopefully seen some of that DLC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I once in a while have serious thoughts about going back to Final Fantasy 15 and, and playing it again. And it'll happen. Well, let's put a cap on it. Nadia, what do you think the big takeaway of dragoons as a class are? What makes them so special? They're just very distinctive. Uh, again, we went over about how most of the time they're distinctive to Final Fantasy games or adjacent games. That's a major thing. They're they have a very distinct silhouette, I would say. And when you have a character design, I think a distinct silhouette with, is extremely important. They have a certain tr- class of traits or a lineup of traits that you look at them and say, "Yeah, that, that's a dragoon." Whether it's through their battle, like battle style whether it's through their bond with dragons whether it's through the fact they're all moody and going to go listen to my chemical romance it's it all fits together quite nicely and i'm interested to see where 16 takes dragoons if anywhere yeah yeah jesse where are you at with dragoons do you think you think dragoons overall good good class i like dragoons i think they are cool i think they are distinctly final fantasy as we've Mm -hmm. kind of talked about I think they are like good iconography of the series. Like you see a dragoon, you know that is exactly a Final Fantasy or Square mm-hmm. property mm-hmm. at the very mm-hmm. least. Um, like personally, uh, like id fourteen, like not a class I would want to play. Really, just not of interest to me. But still, like, my main. I more for like, us. I love <laughs> like like anytime a Stinian shows up or Arna, anytime mm-hmm. a dragoon shows up, I'm here for it. Uh, and I do want to give a shout out to the best dragoon, which is the Monster Hunter hunter oh. dragoon that you can be in monster hunter world when they yeah. did that Stormblood uh mm-hmm. monster hunter oh, world crossover. Right. and you can get the full dragoon set and you can get the jump emote and there's like a video of people fighting behemoth in monster hunter world and they dodge comet by all jumping using the emote at the right time and like uh avoiding the like comet attack that's crazy. I didn't even sick. do that. It's super cool. It's I, a I lot. I did not even think about Monster Hunter as a potential forum for Dragoon gameplay, but it, they yeah. only did they only did it the one time. They only did that one crossover, but, but it has like lands. They picked the type right attacks armor. and, and they it's, picked the Dragoon armor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean you fight dragons, you can have a lance in that game. You could arguably yeah. be a dragoon. Yeah. Can you jump? You could have a gun lance. You can <laughs> jump, you can have a gun lance, you can wear be the full dragoon, dragoon armor and and then, like obviously, with the crossover on fourteen, like you could be a dragoon and fight Rathalos, the mm-hmm. big, big, yeah, basically, essentially a dragon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a wyvern. I know all about Rathalos. Yeah. For some reason, I, I just studied up on Rathalos. I think they're love. Rathalos. I think they're cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of my takeaway. Is every time I think of a dragoon, I think of Kane Highwind. I think of a Stinian. I think of that. Like 
uh, a mono art that I feel is mm-hmm. so critical to, I mean, in some ways, like, yes, the sprites of the dragoon are critical, but also just the style of the dragoon feels very evocative of uh, Amano's art and, and the yes, look sure. of Final Fantasy. And so, yeah, for, for better or worse, as much as a Chocobo or a Moogle or a Tonberry or a Cactuar might be, you know, a symbol for Final Fantasy, when we're talking about player characters, like Dragoon is probably up there with, you know, VV Black Mage and um, Final Fantasy 1 White Mage in terms of just like recognizable as Final Fantasy. And that rules because they have cool armor. They look cool. And I, I think as Kalal points out in the chat, in a sea of, you know, I think when you kind of play other weapon types, they all kind of have their uh categorical like this is the defining thing for them you have the sword and board paladin types yeah you have the axe warriors you have the bows and the archers and the rangers and dragoon really is giving that to the lance and the lance as a weapon is is, is a really cool thing so yeah dragoon zone for sure forever my mate forever my main nadia we're about at the end of this episode so why don't you take us home with one nostalgia nook slash pit Well, but I'm fascinated by the sight of your cat wrecking your home. No, I'm like really worried about this. I'll <laughs> hold you down here. Don't make me squirt bottle. Aw, I don't squirt. Oh. I always squirt bottle my cats. Oh. We're in a standoff right now. <laughs> is he? Oh. Is he looking at you? Yeah. I dare he's, you. He's literally like, dare me. I double dog. Oh, dare about you. to use the jump action. <laughs> use the jump. Oh, use the jump. Oh, use jump. Bo has been a dragoon this whole time. Aw, we all. <laughs> He does that. Yeah. <laughs> no, he. I try to like get him down. And he'll just jump over. So he he landed. He's on his feet. Oh, so he did it his way, just to kind yeah. of spite you. Did it my way. My There's way. a dragoon in that game. That's, there is. That's true. Yeah, you can be a dragoon in that game. It's very important. That's true. You can. <laughs> you do have to start as a lancer and work your way to dragoon, which is always appreciated. Yeah, which is the way uh-huh, it should uh-huh. be, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you gotta work jump your right way into dragoon. Good dragoons not made overnight. They're they're trained up to level thirty by a lancer, and then they in get about to swap. twenty minutes. <laughs> in, in, about in, 20 the minutes. in the palace, dead. <laughs> yeah. Nadia hit us with the nostalgia. Okay, so this isn't video game related, but um, okay. Did you have braces when you were a kid? Yes. Yes. Okay, so you know the agony of having to go and get them adjusted every Titans, month. I don't know if it yeah, was. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's not different. So I, I I had like braces when I was a kid, and I had major jaw surgery following that but that's something else so every month i'd be you know i have to go get my my braces tightened and i'd be a little bit late for the start of first period or home form or whatever and my dad was usually the one who took me to these appointments because he has a very sort of uh, he's a salesman so he can go wherever Mm -hmm. he wants whenever he wants so his he used to have this game where he would write me you know excuses for coming in late and these excuses got sloppier and sloppier because he wanted to see how far he could get before i got in trouble (laughs) <laughs> so what broke everything was he wrote a literally illegible note on a post-it and signed his name as like a, a, a scribble. And so the, 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 the message literally said, please excuse Nadia for being late. She had a blah, 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 blah. like you couldn't <laughs> read the reason. There was no reason. It was a it was a scrawl. 
So I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. So I take this to the office, right? And I, I give it to them and I go to my class. I get called back to the office and say, <laughs> say is this really your father's signature? Yes. <laughs> so. Oh, no. I They let me go that time, but I suppose he, he won the game. Now, I actually did not forge my parents' signature in school. Did you guys do that? Like when you had to sign a bad test or something? Yes. I 100%. tried once and failed pretty badly, so I never really I tried every again. time. So did you I get like doing in, it. In, in trouble? My, my deception went deeper. What did you do? What? <laughs> so uh, I was in band, so we had practice records, right? Um, uh, and, and the idea was that you had to practice at home a certain amount every week and then turn in a record of it. Uh, and so I would hand the slip to my parents on the Friday morning or whatever that said, you know, zero, zero, 30, zero, Mm -hmm. 30, zero. Like I didn't practice it all that week and you were supposed to do, uh, I think it was like 180. So like three hours worth of practice every week. Jesse already knows what I did. They would, (laughs) they would sign it and then I would write 30, 60, like in front of the zeros, uh, and turn that in. And honestly, real talk, I would feel bad, but not even like a few years ago, we were talking about it and my sister was for some reason like bragging about it. And my mom was like, we all knew what you were doing. Like your dad and I knew what you were doing, but we didn't want you to like fail out of band because you didn't practice enough that would have just been a headache so whatever (laughs) american band culture is just really fascinating to me that you had to like you have to study what are you doing doing all this stuff like it's fun to kind of do band after school you know like we just kind of tootled away on recorders or something but i told you like i was in a school that took band very serious like like not international but like uh nationwide competitions seriously and so if you wanted to like stay in the band program, you had to you had to make muster. And I did to my credit those first two years. I faked a lot of them last two years. I I did actually practice because I I hit that point where I was like, oh, I'm starting to play stuff that sounds good. I like playing trombone now. Maybe I'll keep doing it and get better because I am seeing That's the fair. rewards. But that took like getting a tutor. I had to get an actual like private lesson tutor to like teach me trombone uh because you know you're you're in like a situation where there's like 60 students you're not getting any personal attention and then a tutor sits me down and he's like yeah i play in a bunch of bands and gigs i think he played in a ska band at one point yeah Uh, hell yeah and and he like he played a lot of like you know actual gigs and stuff and he was like teaching me trombone and like what is cool about the trombone and what the trombone can do and i was like oh this actually kind of rules like this is kind of neat so Zol, if you like RPGs and are listening to this podcast, thank you, man. Come on in. You changed my life there. Just thinking trombones and ska go together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Trombones and ska are, are, I would argue that the trombone is the most crucial, like non-traditional element of a ska band. Like if you're thinking about like the horn section and all that, I would say the trombone might be the most crucial element. What do you consider traditional? Well, so I would think you're looking at a band, a ska band is like a traditional rock band. You've got drums, you've got guitar, you've got bass, you've got singer, right? Like that's mm-hmm. kind of what you're looking at. And then maybe keys would also be like a traditional, but like the thing that usually makes ska different is there's a horn line. 
right? There's there are horns right. involved. I mean, there's obviously there's musical parts, but I'm talking about purely instrumentation. Um, right. And I would say that the trombone is maybe the most crucial part to that over the saxophone or the trumpet. And that might be controversial. You are a ska expert, so you, you might take. have thoughts on this. <laughs> I, I all I will say is I I do not think that like one is more important than the other. I think they all come together in harmony and make mm-hmm. ska music. Uh, that being said, I did play saxophone in high school. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that the saxophone is the backbone of Mm Scott music. But again, I think that's because I played saxophone and you Mm -hmm. played trombone. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you know, we got a little thing going on. There's like, there's something about a bear. Any one of those elements out and it's noticeable, like incredibly noticeable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I notice when ska bands don't have trumpets or things like that, you know, or you let you listen to like sublime, which is, they they kind of walk a weird line. Yeah. Like they have songs that veer into ska, I would say. And there's obviously, um, Oh, which one is the one that has the trombone solo that I really like? Is it wrong way? I think it's wrong way has a trombone solo in it, which came um, first ska or reggae. I mean, reggae, reggae, I think believe ska. Yeah. really what I mean, conventional, are we talking about like conventional genre music? This is um, weird. I I don't delve into this side of music very often. I thought so. uh, just reggae. It took for for granted that reggae has been around forever. It depends on like which wave of right. music you uh, consider. Ascribe uh, to like the modern genre. Yeah, ska is like considered the pr- the precursor to reggae. Mm. Oh, interesting. Old ska led to it. Teep said in the chat. This is now a ska podcast. This is, this is what podcast? happens when we happens invite when Jesse on twice. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so write good notes, learn to forge your parents' signature. I don't know. If you're if, I, you're, I if you're a child listening to this, why are you here? <laughs> my problem with the signature thing was um, my mother was a disciplinarian, and she was the one who like cared about our tests and whatnot. Oh, my father couldn't have okay. given a damn. And she has a gorgeous signature, and I, I can barely hold a pencil, so there's no way I'm forging that. Now, my father's signature, as I said, is a scribble, basically. Mm-hmm. So my brothers and I, well, not me, but my brothers would imitate that scribble a lot of the time mm-hmm. to, to, to do shit. Now I never really had the guts to do that because teachers were wise to us. They knew that mm-hmm. my mother was the one who cared about her schoolwork. So if they, if they handed us a bad test, I said, get it signed. And my, they, I would come back with my father's scribble on it. They'd say, I, I know what you're up to. Like mm-hmm. we know who you went to for this one. Now there was an incident once where we had a sex ed, quiz and everybody failed spectacularly like uh what yeah somehow we managed to screw we just like i don't know i don't know what people were answering maybe we didn't care maybe we were like where's the penis go uh, up the butt i don't know like so <laughs> so the teacher Arm was so pit, mad question mark <laughs> question mark and the teacher was so angry and she's like you all have to get this signed by your parents and i didn't get my there's a reason why I'm a sicko. My parents aren't exactly like normal people either, but my friend who was like just so shy about anything to do with sex, especially around her parents, was like, mm-hmm. oh no! And I, I think she was about to cry. Mm-hmm. But I, mm-hmm. I seem to remember the teacher walking that back. There was... It could have been the, 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 the class where the teacher was showing us what a diaphragm looked like and we kind of got one passed around and it like <laughs> full of pen pokes and someone drew a happy face on it. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't really take it all very seriously. We have, I have some some good stories you, about you that. Don't class. Say, you don't say you don't say that that 
kids did not take the sex ed class seriously. <laughs> that Nadia did not take the sex ed class seriously. It was better with the boys because apparently a teacher had a breakdown because no, like they were all being really terrible. And every again, the boys had a test. Apparently, everybody failed. And the teacher says, "So y'all failed, huh? Well, that's some real horseshit. You're all horseshit." And that just was immortalized <laughs> in the vernacular. Uh, School was fun. Coaches. <laughs> Gotta love them. Uh, well, coaches in Canadian schools are very, very, very... Uh, you're looking at like, hey, so-and-so, the botany teacher is our, is our, is our coach as well. Because mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. no one's fighting for anything except mm-hmm. maybe lacrosse in my school. Mm-hmm. That's all it's going to be for this week. We will, as always have the post show for the stars of destiny listeners before the main podcast feed. That will be it. Be sure you tune in. We've got the Pantheon coming up. We've got some cool stuff coming up. June will be a big one for summer game fest and we'll have plenty of events coming up afterwards. That'll, there'll be some more blood God stuff. Like, you know, we've got the, the charity stream that we are currently planning and some other things. So Jesse, I want to thank you for coming on the episode. Where can the folks find all the stuff that you do? Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. If you want to follow my work, you can go to premiagames.com uh, and you'll find all sorts of reviews, news, features, guides, all sorts of stuff. If you're having trouble with the game, you let me know. Mm-hmm. I'll write the guide <laughs> for you. That's a that's a promise. Hey, can, can, do you have a hotline we can call? 1-800-JESSE. I should get a hotline. That would be very You should funny. get a like, hotline. 1-800-CALL-VITELLI. Like, <laughs> call 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 Vitelli. That's there call you go. Vitelli. There we go. Um, so yeah, you can find my work there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, that's at Jesse Vitelli. Uh, if you find mama Vitelli, that's me. You've made it to the right place. Welcome. Uh, mm-hmm. I cannot promise that it, it will be a good time, but you know, you'll, you'll see it. My, my Twitter oscillates between final fantasy 14 video games and just like th- weird thoughts that pop into my head. And there's no real rhyme or reason to any of them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, I appreciate that's, that. that's where the folks can find me. So. And as always, you can find Nadia at Nadia Oxford and myself, Eric Van Allen at C Moosey and the main show at at Blood Gob Pod. We might have Cat back next week. Uh, I believe Cat is back from the high seas next week and will give us the stories of tales and, and plunder and, and krakens and sea monsters. Who knows what else? But uh, for now, for Jesse, for Nadia, for myself, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Acts of the Blood God. Yeah.